I'll remember. Hello, hello, hello. What a wonderful time we have here with us. Um, thank you for being here. Welcome to this uh, program. We have a discussion tonight and uh, we will make it brief because it's like an introduction to the subject matter on bloody couples. Uh, we uh, sent for the promo just uh, uh, this week concerning this topic that we would like to explore. We shall be having experts on our show who shall be coming to us beginning um, uh, uh, Thursday this week. You're very much welcome. Contribute, you know, send us a message, like, share, and uh, let's be heard. Together we make a voice, you know, in this very important um, phenomenon that is affecting many families today. Now, bloody couples, bloody couples, that is what it is. And uh, we are talking about bloody couples, not just from what media as reported, not just from what you're seeing on some uh, chanced uh, clips that were sent to WhatsApp and uh, to other online platforms, uh, Facebook, not just because of what we saw on our national television or the international news, but simply because um, some of us and many of us have lived with this um, phenomenon, this, you know, demon, this, you know, monster that we call domestic violence, you know, that has now evolved into a bloody, you know, a battlefield in the family itself. The very unit, you know, of the family, the marriage institution, where we are supposed to find security, protection, nourishment, nurture, you know, and, 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 uh, and this is a place of comfort, as it were. But it is turned into a bloody field. It has, I mean, a bloody battlefield. It has turned into a place where uh, many people are wondering, if I'm not in, would I want to get in? Those who are in, many want out. But let me say this, as we begin, we are not here to discuss uh, this topic with the aim of uh, demonizing the marriage institution or showing that marriage is not working. No, let me start it up there as a preacher, as a pastor, as a husband, and say this, for a truth, marriage works. And we'll get to a stage where we'll see how it works and how it should work. We shall look at why is it not working that way for many people. Why are so many couples in tears? Why are so many divorces coming up, so many separations, so many people opting now for single life? Let's go back to our topic, bloody couples. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. There is an incidence of uh, a rising incidence of fatal confrontations <coughs> between couples that is on the rise. It is escalating. The figures are alarming. Seemingly, especially in our nation, Kenya, the reports of road accidents have been downplayed by the reports through media of family accidents so many family fatal family accidents are taking place almost on a daily basis and if you see what is being reported if you see what is being sent on social media 
How about the much more that we don't see? How much about the much more that we don't hear about? But remember I said, despite what we are seeing on media, there is also what we have lived with. Especially for those of us who have lived like in the villages, in the rural areas, sub-rural, I mean, uh, suburban areas, in areas where there is a face-to-face interaction, where sometimes what your neighbor does is not such a big secret. You know, we know that, uh, especially in the villages, uh, couples fighting each other, if it was each other, literally, actually, it, it was not each other. If, if it, mostly it was like this. It was the father fighting the mother, beating, not even fighting. Fighting means uh, two people are involved. One is kicking, the other one is kicking, the other one is boxing. You know, it, is, it wasn't like that. It was literally, however small your father was, however weak he was, he was the one, most in most cases, over 99% of the cases, it was always the man beating the wife. Hello, somebody. And, 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 and for that matter, we can't claim to be witnessing a very new scenario. You know, it is not a new social phenomenon. But something has changed. You know, something has changed. What used to be mere beating has changed. The rate and impact of fighting couples is pitching to a world war status. It's like we are getting into a world war right in our families. Right in our families. You know, couples bruising each other, couples maiming each other, couples killing each other. That was not the case back then. Those of us who uh, have lived years before then, the 70s, the 80s, in the part of the 90s know that this is not what it was whether it was in the village or in towns you know there was there was there was restraint on the part of couples the way they handled one another there was restraint you know there was no involvement of the larger society there was a sense of responsibility and the concern because you know if you're beating your wife it, it she is not just your wife she is somebody's daughter she's somebody someone's brother or sister she has people somewhere but the breaking of the bonds of the social units especially the family the kin the kin ties has really played a key role a major role in uh, disintegrating the value of the bond between husband and wife disintegrating the value of the family there's so much disrespect, so much, you know, this, you know, it is not, it is no longer, you know, a shame for a son-in-law to talk back to a mother-in-law. It is no longer a shame. They can say anything. You, you hear it right, left and center. Exchanges, messages have been exchanged. People have, call, you know, a mother-in-law is calling the son to insult them. The son is calling the father-in-law to insult them. So there's, there's a general, there's a general um, uh, weakening. You know of our social structure our social setting and and uh, those these are some of the things that uh, we would like to uh, discuss here and ask ourselves what can be done what do we need to go back to is it like do we have to form it like a crowd psychology and go out in the streets with um, do some uh, rioting uh, 
lynch lynch, lynch a few uh, a few trees and uh, and tires and uh, burn burn tires on the road who will you be protesting against who does it start with who does it end with who does the back stop with if we have to change what we are seeing today couples slaughtering each other you know you people two people who married out of love two people who married calling each other sweetheart my love my honey my what 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 you know my everything sweet you know the now they turn against each other with 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 a with a bitter taste in their words in their looks you know in in their indisposition towards it in their attitudes they no longer want to see face to face they can no longer fit in the same house they live alone a bedroom where did we go wrong and how can we correct this where did we go wrong because when i look at what we are calling domestic violence today you know and what it was back then you find the the change is telling it is becoming a very unique social malady that is cutting across the social divide the poor the rich it is not respecting the races it is not you know it is not respecting the, the tribal uh, cultural barriers you know at times you'd hear people saying that if you marry from that tribe we we are not we we, we are not uh, we don't like we are not like compatible our culture is not compatible with that other culture now it is no longer the same it is no longer the same even if you know if it is someone who has married a neighbor they're still fighting and killing each other people have married their 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 their, their childhood friends but they come into the institution of marriage and it turns into a bitter pill to swallow they end up holding knives and pangas against each other killing each other setting each other ablaze why why where is our humanness where is our african humanness leave alone that many people we say Kenya we are 80% Christians. Now, I don't know whether we are we also are 80% murderers. Because we don't seem even bothered. You know, something happens right in your family, right in your village, you know, and the whole of Kenya comes on social media, throws in a few nasty words, regrets, you know, demerits of marriage, and the following day the fire is gone. The fire is gone. The new streets of demonstration, the new street of justice has become social media. But I can say this one thing. Social media has be, is very good for awareness. But in terms of actionable, you know, interventions, it is turning us into some lackadaisical uh, social um, agents of social change. Just talking about change and never changing anything. So it is time for us to rethink also our strategy. Where are we discussing these matters? You know, what is the next level we are willing to take some of these cases? The law is there, it has always been there. Anybody knows that if I kill I go to jail. I may even get a death sentence. But that doesn't seem to bar, you know, these crimes of passion from going to the extent of murder, to the extent of maiming your own partner life partner it is time for us to reconsider it is time for us to look deeper into our values and ask ourselves you know in christianity in the bible they say if the son of man returns will he find faith faith on the earth 
will he find faith on the on the earth if he returns will he find us believing in the same values that he taught that he has, he taught and espoused in the holy word you know where did where, when did this when did these values fly out through the window what happened you know and you say that though it's a cultural phenomenon that was interpreted for love domestic violence has taken a dynamic trend that needs to be addressed needs to be addressed by the institutions that be if we are waiting for the government to handle the issue of you know a couples um killing each other you know domestic violence if you are waiting for activists to handle this we must know that this is an issue of morality there is something there is there's something valuable in our moral fiber that we have abandoned that there is no government can replace back there's no government that can put back that element that we have lost we we have let it go and you we've got to check as an individual in your pass in your in your personal capacity as a responsible family member you've got to check and we shall be seeing what you shall be checking what are these values and how do we get them back up and running in our institutions uh, the family the marriage the marriages that we are in you know so you're saying it has taken a very different dimension you know and it it is it is changing overnight it was once referred to as wife beating but today it includes husband beating it was once called beating it now includes maiming it was once about power control it now includes total silencing death it's not just a power struggle in the family it is actually a matter of life and death what is regarded as gender based violence is men using their superior physical strength and the social authority to control beat batter demean their wives now it's taken it has taken a completely different dimension we are not just it is not just about men fighting women or beating their women it's about any of the couples you know and it takes different dimensions but we ask ourselves why the animosity can't there be a fairer way of dealing with each other can there be a better way a more human way of dealing with the challenges and the problems why the animosity what happened to love what happened to mutual respect what happened to our human values what happened to religion what happened to faith what happened to honor for the institution of marriage and the family what happened to the concern for families you've killed your wife you've killed your wife so what how about your children how about the vision you had when you started how about the parents from which you brought your your your, your, your wife from do, do you sit down to see all these things do, do you know what is the problem because we have a hiding place that i want us to look at this something we hide hide under and we see it we see this hiding place in the very simplicity with which uh, the causation or the cause of factors of domestic violence are defined you know so it is the, the, the causation is so simplified in its definition that it makes the solution look like it will be a one stop shopping 
It is not so. When we stop at uh, blaming infidelity for the bloody couple scenario that we have today, the, 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 the fighting and the deaths and the maiming of couples that we have today, that sometimes a couple, you know, a wife kills the husband and he kills herself. A husband kills the wife and he kills himself. You know? And we want to say it is cheating. Cheating in marriage. It is infidelity. We need to look beyond that. Because we find that in every other case of domestic violence, infidelity, infidelity has always, you know, has always received the pointing finger. We lay all the blame. We pass the back to infidelity, to cheating, and faithfulness in marriage. But let me say this. With all due respect, and according to the little experience I have in marital counseling, in family counseling, you find that in most of these cases, infidelity or cheating in marriage and faithfulness is only, is only a presenting problem. It is the safest thing that the family, that the two people can talk about. It is like, you know, it, it is like uh, that this trigger. It is the trigger. It is the only thing that they feel that the community will, exp- will, will, uh, uh, will, will, uh, will, uh, the pastor will understand that if my, if my, if my wife, if my partner is cheating, then uh, that one is understandable. They will, they will rationalize why I beat her. They will rationalize why I killed. They will rationalize why I did this and that. You know, you need to get deeper or we need to get deeper and get the real life factors that have continued to render couples widows and the widowers or divorcees. As children are orphaned and brutally so, you know, as families are left in tears, sometimes left without a breadwinner, sometimes left without a mother, without a father, sometimes left unprotected, vulnerable, left traumatized. We need to look into this thing. There are certain forms of uh, domestic violence that have become very um, common and we look at them as we look at the causes, the actual causes and or the explanation for domestic violence. There are those people who do, it is outright physical confrontation. People just start confronting each other, talking to each other. One hits the other and finds I've killed somebody and they kill themselves or it goes on and on. Then we have well-planned conspiracies, especially when it involves love triangles, when it involves wealth struggles, you know, people struggling to, uh, to inherit uh, or to outdo each other in an inheritance case. We have spontaneous fights that suddenly resort to death. You know, like we've had how some policemen shoot, you know, police couples shoot each other or a policeman goes and shoots the wife and shoots the children, uh, you know, all manner. But in all these things, I would say this, there is no couple that just wakes up one day to fight and kill each other. Can we stop the menace? Do we have a say in this matter? Can we have agents of social change? Can the church arise? Can the social workers arise? What is the force that is required to put a stop to the menace? Because it's becoming worse every day. It's becoming, you know, unbearing every day. It's traumatizing. It's making people fear even the institution of marriage. It's making those people, some people are in marriage without faith. 
they, they, they have no else to hold. They only believe in the husband they married or the, or the wife they married. The people start living in suspicion and mistrust. We've got a great job before us. Let us stand together. I'm inviting you uh, on, on that day to join us. We shall be having a guest. We shall be speak, taking it as, to, to us through the explanation for the domestic violence, the bloody couples phenomenon that has become part and parcel of our media, print media, online media, everything. Welcome. See you on Thursday. I want you to like this video, share it, uh, share it in your WhatsApp groups, share it everywhere. Let's get moving together. In Jesus' name, I love you. The Lord bless you. Shalom, shalom, shalom. Please be peaceful in your family. Be peaceful in your marriage. Be peaceful in your community. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Welcome, my dear listeners. It's another moment together again. I esteem you. I honor you. I respect you. Oh, I love you. Let's go together. Uh, in the last episode, you're looking at why couples fight. Why do love birds turn to war? Why do families that once loved each other turn into war zones? And we're just about to start explaining uh, some of the deeper reasons other than the presenting problem you know, of, uh, of uh, infidelity and faithfulness and all the other reasons why we are given on media and uh, verbally uh, by people who want to explain why a couple fought, a couple uh, killed each other, a couple ki- uh, uh, spouse killed another, a couple killed their children and killed themselves. No. We want to go deeper. And uh, in this episode, I want us to look at uh, one of the key reasons why I believe, I think and I believe, is the reason why there is all the violence you are witnessing in families. One of the key reasons is this. Erroneous entry behavior into marriage. Erroneous entry behavior into marriage. That's key. That's key. I want us to understand that marriage is not just an association of two people coming up with children. Marriage is not just an agreement of two people who want to live together and they start doing so. Marriage is not a relationship of convenience where two people move in, share rent, share bills, and they live on and they have children. That is not marriage. Marriage is run upon an altar or altars. You see, do you hear that? Marriage is an altar affair. An altar is a spiritual gateway. You know, an altar is the voice that speaks from the spirit to the maintenance, to the to the maintenance, commencement, and sustenance of the marriage institution, just like in so many other life's affairs. So every marriage must be centered on an altar. I want you to understand this: that when a man joins a woman in a relationship, they both have come from different altars, religious, family, traditional, customary that is, 
or any other altars that they have set their foot on or their parents have been into. So they bring together two altars and they have come together to, to, to form a family that must, or marriage, that must also be centered on an altar. Now, that's the seriousness with which marriage must be handled with. When we have the wrong entry behavior, when we have an erroneous entry behavior into marriage, we will not avoid an erroneous marriage. We will not avoid some of the cries that we are seeing and hearing from families today. We will not avoid the bloodshed you know, and the deaths that we are witnessing in families today. You know, when two people enjoy as a couple to live together, they also enjoy their separate altars. I know that is very basic. The most important thing is to realize that the two people cannot be the ones who operate that altar. They are not the ones who can initi- will initiate the marriage and also bring the, their altars together. No. Every altar is run by specialized persons. The altars, whether they are traditional, whether they are religious, whether they are customary, whatever altars that we are talking about, they are run by specialized individuals. You know, so for the two altars, by the two couples, to be joined together, the stewards of the two altars in question must be involved. They must be involved. The stewards could be traditional priests, they could be religious priests, they could be family heads, you know, they could be elders in the village. They must be involved. In the case of Christians, we have reverends, we have pastors, call them pastors in general. We have the clergy, you know, who have the mandate to run the altars upon which marriage must be initiated and sustained. They're the ones who come to join the two together and to give them the mandate to build upon a common altar. For two altars to be amicably joined, I repeat this together, the stewards or the priests of the concerned altars must be involved. Let me say this. Why should that be so? It is because all altars operate on hidden secrets or mysteries whose custodians must be brought to bear in every significant operation of that altar. What do I mean by that? I mean this, that every altar that we invoke, you'll find custodians or priests who are in charge of that altar. You know, for us to um, for us to uh, come together in marriage, for us to join two people together in marriage, there, there must be altar activities. There must be altar programs. And it is not just anybody who can operate those systems, the altar systems. There are ordinances, there are rituals, there are oaths. You know, there are sacraments to be done. And it is only the custodians of the altar who can administer those sacraments, those rituals, oaths, you know, uh, to the people concerned, to the people that are married. So when we do our marriages, when we do our marriages, when we come together, when two people come together and just start living together, when two people just agree 
between the two of them to move in and become a family. When two people be, uh, believe uh, that they can just start living and they try it out, they are violating the laws of the altar. They are violating the laws of the altar. And this does not end up very well. I like somebody who said that uh, uh, this does not very aga very well for the family or the fam- for the marriage that is coming up. There's someone who said, a wise man said that your makeup determines your end up. Now, what what constitution are you consulting? You know, what constitution are you consulting to come up or to build up, to commence a marriage? Because that is how it should be. That you should, you should, uh, marriage should be looked at as a divine institution, not just a social institution. Man did not begin marriage. For those who are in, uh, um, who are religious as Christians, and I know some Muslims, we know that it is not men that began marriage. No, 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 no. It is God. You know, that's why we call it a divine institution. It is God that be- began marriage. It is God that brought Eve, um, or, uh, brought Eve, uh, Eve to Adam. You know, he created Eve for Adam. It is God who did it. And today when we assume the role of being marriage makers, that we are the ones we know, we, can, we don't know until we have, cons- we have consulted the right authority, the authority of the divine books, of the holy book that is able to guide us in how we need to begin our marriage. How should I marry? That should be a question. It's not just a question of I'm of age. I have the money. I have the means. We have agreed. No, that is not it. We need to know how to go about it. Uh, it you don't marry because you're mature enough to marry. You also have to ask yourself the how-to. The how-to. The how-to. And uh, in this, uh, we realize that uh, we have the constitution as it is in the Bible to consult so that we understand how we get into marriage. You get into marriage anyhowly. You live in that marriage anyhowly. Many times we have put aside the authority of the priest, the authority of the parents, the authority of significant others, the authority of the elders. We want to do things in our own way. In the, we, we have our own modern technology of taking a shortcut into marriage. Any marriage that you take a shortcut into will, will cut you short in one way or the other. So it is important to know the process. The process into marriage. It's not a one-day affair. You know, it should not be a sudden uh, happening just like a disaster. You know, it it is not just a miracle that happens in one day. It's not just about love. When you love that girl, when you love that man, understand that there's a process. Between the two of you, there's a process. And also, between the two of you and your families and the church, there is a process. And that is what many people have avoided today. And we are into marriages that are just passionate affairs. There is no constitution that you stand on. There is no legal ground that you stand on. You know, there, there, there is no, uh, there is no sense of common of communal responsibility. You know, we have you have no responsible you have no responsibility towards anybody for your marriage. You are not answerable to anybody other than your wife or your husband. There is no authority that speaks over you that marriage. There is no authority that spoke over that marriage. 
and we just doing it in holy we do it uh, let me say this allow me to say this we many people got into marriage marriage just out of passion just out of pleasure they just found themselves they are living together they have their first bond they have their second bond and we think that marriage can just be run that way in such a marriage the very problems that haunted the others before you in the marriage in their marriages the others that you found fighting in the village killing each other you know the the domestic violence the wife beating can only become worse when you don't know the solid rock upon which to build the foundations of your marriage that is wisdom that is the beginning point before we talk about all other cause of factors it is important to address that let me say this as i wind up the casual approach the casual approach to forming marriages today is a prime cause of factor to the violence in marriages let me say this the casual approach to forming marriages today is a prime cause of factor to the violence in marriages today you know listen to this also number two when you violate altar principles you must endure altar violence when you violate altar principles you must endure altar violence that is the way so for all the organs of government the social institutions like churches the researchers like the social workers the philosophers who are looking around you know to the, the problem of uh, domestic violence m- domestic murders you know maiming and all that to come up with a solution we must begin at the beginning we must start where we must start we can't start at the middle we can't start at the end and expect to get valid answers it is time for a solution see you next time we shall be looking at the other factors and responding also to some of the questions that we shall get from this episode god bless you it is well let's have your responses you can comment you can write back you can call back you can communicate to us in every way possible and i will be right back with an answer as soon as i get your question your concern critique where you can let's hear you shalom 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 we want the best of marriages we want the best of families we want couples to be safe we want couples to be happy we want couples to remain in love and i tell you it's not just about love next time we shall be looking at i, I married out of love is it the only thing that can maintain and sustain my marriage i don't know see you next time maybe there will be an answer shalom god bless you god bless you god bless you